Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast, giving you the best tips on achieving the perfect renovation whilst making it as fun, safe, and as cost-effective as possible by hearing from experts in the industry and people that have been through the experience themselves. Let me introduce your host, four times award winner of world-leading interior design website, House, and over 16 years in the industry, renovating just over 250 properties, James Woodham. Hey guys, it's James again from the Property Renovation Podcast. About this episode, I want to tell you that I had great pleasure in speaking with their homeowners, Victoria and Graham, who purchased the property in Cheshire East, which is near South Manchester. It's about midway in the UK. And they purchased it around 16 months ago, pretty much transformed it to what it is in today. Um, now they've got a five-bedroom property with lots of space, some great design elements as well. And definitely go and check them out on their Instagram page. They give the details at the end of the show, so enjoy that. If you're loving what we're providing or you would like us to provide even more, then just get in touch with us. Visit our website, propertyrenovationpodcast.com or become a member in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Property Renovation Podcast. Now, with that said, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Property Renovation Podcast. On today's episode, I have got Graham and Victoria. They own a five-bedroom property in Cheshire East, um, which is in South Manchester or just outside. And um, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. No problem. Thank you very much. No problem. Um, guys, it's really, really nice to have you on uh, today, especially as we're recording on a Sunday as well. So I do appreciate your time. Um, I really love what you've actually done with your home. I found you on Instagram. And um, we're going to, uh, if that's okay with you, give uh, the details of your Instagram account at the end of the show. But I just wanted to go into a couple of questions and just ask how you did it, really, and, um, and what you did. So to start with, um, I just wanted to ask, if you could start to describe the project you did, describe your home and how it looks like now. Yeah, sure. Uh, so thank you very much, James. Yes, yeah, so we bought a five-bedroom house uh, about a year and a half ago now. It's a 1970s house that hadn't really been updated uh, with more than just a uh, uh, UPVC windows and uh, new garage door, etc. So it was pretty much original 1970s. Um, and uh, we've obviously spent a lot of time updating it. Um, I will go through that on the call, obviously. But we are now, I would say, about 90% through the renovation. So we've done pretty much everything internally. We've done re-plumbing, rewiring, and I think we just got the porch left to do. And then, uh, yeah, and the garden. But apart from that, it's just the interiors now, just uh, getting furniture in and uh, things on the walls to, to finish it all off. I can I can tell like that the, uh, there's been a lot of thought processes going through exactly how you want it to look, um, just by judging from from how it's out the outcome of it really has has been. Um, what was the reason why you decided to do the project in the first place then, apart from the obvious? 
Well, we hadn't actually decided to do a project on this scale. So we probably spent about 18 months to two years nearly looking for the perfect property. So we were living in a smaller property. So we're sort of a blended family. We got uh, children from previous relationships. Mm -hmm. So we just needed something bigger. And house prices around here are quite expensive. And some areas, the houses are not big enough, but they are you know, it costing quite a lot. So we just wanted the space, um, the space to, so we could also extend the property. Mm-hmm. And um, and this house came up, which is a good plot, um, which we could actually extend. And also the bedrooms were big. So it's a five double bedroom house, whereas most of the four or five bedroom houses have got two single rooms. We just wanted the space. Is that um, within the area that you're, you're, you're living in? Um, is that the best option? Would you say like be prepared? And if you want a big, big, you know, if you want a big size property, be prepared for a full renovation. Maybe if you keep an eye out for something that needs quite a lot of work, would you say that? I think that uh, in our case, we'd looked at quite a lot of houses over the previous year to 18 months and we hadn't really seen anything that suited us. And the problem with some of the larger houses that we saw is that they started life as perhaps a three-bedroom house, and over the years they'd been extended and renovated and become five bedrooms. But the style in which it was done sometimes didn't really suit us, the the layout of the house, um, the fact that there were perhaps smaller rooms and quite a lot of them, uh, and obvious extensions stuck on the back, which didn't really blend with the rest of the house. So although there was choice, there wasn't anything really that we felt was what we wanted. And it was more, in our case, the fact we knew what we wanted, but we couldn't find it that led us to decide if we find the right house and we can see the vision in that house, then that's the way we want to go. And we we're quite happy and, and almost keen to do a bit of renovation because honestly, what we'd seen in looking at other people's houses uh, wasn't to our taste. And we were thinking we we're paying money for something that we'd, we'd want to change. So why not start with something that was, um, let's say, more of an open book at, at the beginning, we wouldn't feel bad about uh, ripping out the kitchen and the bathroom and, <laughs> and, and, and just uh, you know, putting our own mark on it and spending money. So, so it, it was a combination of the, the last 18 months of looking that led us to that conclusion. Then we found this house and we knew immediately this was the one. It had space for an extension on the side and it would, it would suit the way we wanted to, uh, to live. Uh, and Graham, when was it when you were purchasing, uh, about to purchase the property, were you deciding between this one and maybe another one? Or, or did, w- when you walked into here, was it like, that's it, we've found it? It was, uh, it, funny enough, once we saw this one and we realised what we weren't looking for was the, the perfect finish, we knew we needed space and we needed a simple layout and we needed a plot with sufficient space to extend in the kitchen if we needed that. Um, it was fairly obvious this was the one and we didn't have any others in the, the pipeline. It was it was this or you know, wait till the next one came along, really. Uh, so it, it was immediately the one we chose. Now, there was a slight wrinkle in that the gentleman that lived here, an older gentleman, wanted to find somewhere else to live. And it, it took probably the best part of six, eight months to, <laughs> to actually wow. complete the sale because we... You know, he, he was keen on, on having a buyer that was a little more relaxed about the moving time. Yeah. But on the plus side, that gave us the opportunity to plan and decide exactly what we wanted to do. So by the time we came in, eight months later, I, I'd got a small app on the, the internet, on the, the iPad. Yeah. And you, 
use that with the measurements we had to plan every room. So we actually had a really good idea when we came in you know, between Victoria and I of what we wanted. Hmm. Uh, and I think that in a way that really helped quite a lot because we'd had time to think we'd revisited the property a number of times and the, and the gentleman was, was happy for us to come in and measure up and, and come with a couple of other people to give advice. And, and that it, in retrospect, actually, was it was quite helpful. Although we would have preferred to get it sooner, it you know we use the time wisely. Sure, sure, good. Okay, uh, you mentioned that app as well, um, guys. H- how was that experience? Could you talk? I don't think we've actually had anyone that's mentioned using an app to to do the design work. Yeah, so uh, I mean, using the app itself was uh, was Graham. So I was probably the one working with him to try to move walls i mean we i think it was called the chief architect software that we found on the app store and we just created um you know the rooms so recreated actually the rooms upstairs as we wanted them and downstairs and then we moved walls around looking at uh, uh putting sofas in just is the room wide enough because yeah. the whole renovation or the um the change of our master bedroom was originally 30 square meters, just a big square and an ensuite. And we actually turned it into um, still a big bedroom, put in a walk-in wardrobe and a new um, ensuite just by using that um, software. So when we actually got the property, we knew exactly how big we we wanted it and got obviously join us in to, to build it accordingly. Good. If I can, sorry, James, if I can just add that, yeah, just just to tip on the software, I I went on the App Store and there's a few of these kind of things. The one I chose, I mean, I wouldn't recommend one over any of the others. They all look quite interesting, but um, I think as you said, it was it was um, something like Room Planner by Chief Architect Software. But there's there's a bunch of them. But the interesting thing about this app and what I would recommend is it allowed 3D viewing as well as a kind of plan 2D view. So once you'd built uh, your room you're able to take different positions in the room and effectively look at things from different angles in a 3D way. And we felt that was very um, visual and very um, very helpful hmm. in get, getting uh, the the look and feel of it and how we would actually live in the space and, uh, and if it would work for us. And, of course, when you get an architect drawing up a plan, it tends to be on a piece of paper. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, 2D. Yeah. This was really helpful and we could even put in you know, wallpaper colours and carpet colours if we wanted and just even start on that process and start deciding what, what colour palette we wanted. So it was a lot of fun um, and it was really helpful in the design process. I would say, I was just going to ask because um, there are obviously the homeowners out there that just um, keep everything in their mind and they just go ahead and do it. Um, and then there are homeowners that do take time to consider design and visually seeing something. So you would say that that definitely benefited you in this project in in doing that? I definitely say so. So I can't visualize things without actually seeing it. So for me, it made a massive difference having that 3D view. It was just trying to figure out how to, for example, the, the bedroom and the kitchen as well. We pretty much had it done because in order to then go for the extension, we needed to know how much space we needed. And yeah. I think that that really helped us a lot. It helped me definitely. Good. Good. Fantastic. Okay. Um, let's talk about budget. And I just want to know, did you have a budget first off? And if you did, did you keep to it or did you overspend? Well, uh, we kind of did have a budget in mind. Um, but, uh, 
uh, did we stick to it? No. I think when we actually put the budget aside, um, we probably didn't think of all the things we're going to do. Mm. And it wasn't a realistic budget at all. So yes, we have overspent. But it's not that we have overspent because we've, I don't know what to say, but... Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I would say... So I would say <laughs> no worries. But, but it was more, mostly with the fact that... Um, you know, we, we could have stuck to our budget, yeah. but as we were going through it, we decided that we'd prefer a slightly more expensive bathroom, a slightly more expensive kitchen. We'd want to do a bit more work, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when we did the original budget, honestly, it was you know, we're not experienced at building properties. And I think we decided we'd be comfortable spending 70000 80000 at the most, perhaps okay. a bit less than that. <laughs> but of course, that including the extension, um, which, you know, that, that adds a little bit. So um, on reflection, to refurbish the whole house to the standard we wanted, and including furniture and, you know, all, all sorts of other bits and pieces, um, carpets, etc. that was a little bit unrealistic. But when we did the budget, we hadn't really broken it down bit by bit, line by line. Some of sure. Yeah, rather inexperienced. Having said that, we knew we had a bit more money set aside if we wanted to use it. Yeah. And I suppose like most people, you, you come to a decision and say, well, you know, do you want a nice um, you know, quartz worktop or would you, you know, would you be happier with um, a board worktop? And you make a decision based on your what's left in the pot, let's say. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you've got a beautiful kitchen. Um, I'm just looking at all of the, the pictures as, as we speak, actually. But you've got a beautiful kitchen. I love the colors that you've done as well and the choice, uh, the choice of tiles that you've got. Um, and I would say, I would want to ask actually, like, what was your, what, did you have any deciding factors on a purchase that you thought, no, this, we just can't do that. It's lovely, but we just can't do that. Or did you just go, what to the hell of it? Let's, let's get it. What was the one product that you had to go through considering quite a bit? That's a good question. I think, I mean, the kitchen, I'd saw, I'd seen it and uh, we, we put all the gadgets we wanted in there. I think possibly the fireplace will be one that we debated a lot about because the fireplace is um, sort of an additional extra. It's it's not cheap, but it's, um, it's a feature. And we wanted something to divide the dining room with the lounge. Mm-hmm. And I think rather than having a wall up there, we thought we need something. So yeah, that that is probably the purchase I'd say is the um, the one we debated a lot over and definitely um, took us out of um, the budget. Sure. I don't know. It probably. I mean, we both saw it. I'd seen it on Instagram somewhere. We found it eventually and um, obviously had it built. But I think uh, Graham, you were the one who definitely decided this is the one I wanted. Whereas I probably was a bit more um, concerned about it. Yeah, and I think if I can add, James, for the fireplace, I mean, I can't remember the the exact price, but just to just to give people a feel for the, you know, the, it was quite expensive, but perhaps six or seven thousand, including fitting. So, you know, it's it is a considerable purchase and one that, uh, in any situation, you, you need to think twice about, particularly when you're spending money on all sorts of other stuff at the same time. Hmm. Uh, the the thing for us was when you're fitting something like a fireplace and just to describe it, this is like a tunnel. So it's got two sides and it divides the room uh, to an extent. Um, but there's other factors like you need a gas pipe, you need a flue that goes out of the side, etc. So it's, 
it's something you need to be planning in when you're putting in windows and bifold doors as we were to make sure there's adequate space for the ventilation the fire needs and etc etc so we had to make a decision say if we're going to have one we need to plan around it even if we're not having it now so that when it's fitted in the future we've got a gas pipe in place we've got enough space for the flu etc so we went through all that process and made sure that it could be fitted in the future. And, and then having done that, um, we were so far down the path, we said, well, <laughs> it would be, you know, it, it'd be quite a hassle to fit it later and fit the floor around it later and, you know, replaster and this and that and the other. And, you know, can we squeeze it in the budget or not? Because, of course, we'd love to do it. Uh, but, you know, it, it is quite a significant expense that we hadn't, um, hadn't counted on. I think the so, more... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah so that, that was the process and, and we decided... We'd do it all at once. We wouldn't regret it. And, uh, you know, we'd just be a bit pinched on the budget, which is always the case, I guess. I think it's like anything, isn't it? When you start looking at a product that you really like and you start to fall in love with it more and more and see how it could look in your home, um, it's, it's very, very tempting to, 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 to say no, you know, not to say no. It is absolutely the right decision. But as I say, we had a fallback in that we made sure everything was in the place if we needed to put in a, yeah. a, you know, a, a partition wall for the time being. But fortunately, we looked at the, the, the budget and what we had left, and we were able to afford it um, at a pinch, and, and it was the right decision for us. Brilliant. It looks beautiful. Okay. Um, could you tell us about your hiring process, so your contractors, architects, to bring the work together? Yeah, so like I said before, we obviously done quite a lot of work ourselves with, uh, you know, the design, etc. of the um, of the extension before we actually moved in. But we did speak to probably about two or three different architects locally where we live, who came around and then uh, you know, just speaking to them about uh, what our vision was and how they could help us. And I think really we chose the person we felt more comfortable with. It wasn't a particularly tricky build or anything like that. We pretty much knew what we wanted. We just needed someone to help us, you know, through the planning uh, process. So we were very pleased with the person we ended up choosing. So obviously that was the architect. Then with regard to the contractors we used for the build and, um, you know, electricians, etc. So we... We used local people, pretty much local people that have been recommended to us. So we project managed the whole build and the whole renovation between the two of us. So we didn't have someone because having had quite a few quotes uh, coming in for the, um, the building itself, as in the uh, extension, we realized that um, there's a lot of extra money being added on for someone else to manage it, whereas we're both perfectly capable of doing it. And also, uh, we know quite a lot ourselves. We were able to challenge um, or, or having the you know proper discussions with the, the trade when they came in. Mm-hmm. So we we had some really good electricians. They came in as we needed them um, and the same plumbers, um, you know, plasterers. So we we just organised it ourselves together with the uh, the builders, and I think that worked really well. What was so, the- Graham? You might have some other. Yeah, sorry. I'll give John, Graham a chance. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I'll add to what Victoria said. I think she mentioned we took recommendations from all our friends, and um, where we couldn't get a recommendation, we interviewed quite a lot of people, and and I think in one case. It didn't turn out to be the right person. They did a little bit of work and, and then we, we didn't use them anymore. But no, no great disasters in that. But we found some really great quality people through recommendation. Um, to the extent that I'll just add the electricians, for instance, who were happy to, to work on and off as it suited us. Um, when we came to the second phase of work, which was the extension, 
um, and we were pricing it up. We agreed that as we trusted each other, uh, we'd, they would get on with it. We'd count up the time and effort they spent. And at the end, we'd agree the price, which is quite unusual, I think, as opposed to having a quote up front. You know, we felt comfortable with the price. They'd done the, the upstairs work. Um, and we trusted each other, you know, the, the electricians and us trusted each other enough um, to tot it up afterwards. And that um, actually worked for us. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for people you don't <laughs> fully trust. Yeah. But it, it helped because we honestly at that time said, well, we're not 100% sure what we want, and where we want lights and this and that and the other. Give us some flexibility. We've got a rough idea what it's going to cost and we're happy to work on that basis. Um, so so that that helped us um, and, and the other guys came in and, uh, and generally charged by the day and that worked well for us as well. Okay. I mean, I'm sure those electricians really appreciated that at the same time because it is quite nervous if you don't, if you're not really too sure, but you could already gauge they've done a bit of work for you before as well, um, just to give them that freedom and to just get on with things and then just look at, look at the cost at the end. Um, it can be nervous for some people, but I'm sure they appreciated that. Yeah, it worked for us. And of course, they were taking a risk. And at the end, we might have turned around and said, well, I'm not going to pay you what you sure. want, you know. But um, yeah, we both had in mind a figure. And I think, honestly, when it came to it, there was it was it was quite expensive. But the figure we both had in mind was just a few hundred pounds apart. So, right. you know, it was, and then we, 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 we met somewhere in the middle and everybody was happy. So that worked for us. Good. Okay. Um, there's um, obviously like the, the two ways that I can think of in, in hiring um, contractors is either hire a team that have all of the contractors uh, in one as a, as a company um, or use individual contractors. And I think you like from what you're saying, you used individual contractors. Do you think um, that just you, you preferred to do that choice? What could I ask why you didn't choose? I... Yeah. Sorry. So I think personally, I think Alan Gray might have a different view on that. Personally, I'd like to know the contractors myself. I want to know who they are. Who, they're in my house. I want to feel comfortable with them and I want them recommended. So I personally don't feel comfortable getting someone in to take the ownership of it and um, get their own you know, um, electricians in, for example, or plumbers. Um, and also, I've heard some stories where these contracts at the end of the day don't get paid, whereas with us, people come in, they get paid, you know, right. immediately. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a twofold, really. But I'm not sure, Graham. I think we felt the same, really. Yeah, I and, and I would simply add that, in my view, when somebody is a sole trader, let's say, for instance, the carpenter, and they work in this local area, and therefore they have a reputation in this area, um, it really is important for them to do a good job for every customer uh, and to make sure the reputation is upheld uh, you know, and get recommendation for the rest of their work. And in fact, everybody we've worked with, we've recommended to other people now who've, who've asked, you know, and we know people, for instance, the carpenter has done quite a bit of work for, uh, for friends of ours now on the back of the work for us. So I, I take that as a, as a contrast to if you get a general contractor who comes in, um, perhaps slightly out of the area, they use you know, a bunch of labourers that may or may not be super specialist in the area they're in and certainly don't necessarily have a local reputation in carpentry or electrics or plastering or whatever it may be. And I think, in my mind, um, we, we got a good quality in a, in, in a way and a better focus from those people who... Um, you know, who who uh, who needed to do a good job in my, in my view, and I've heard yeah. some stories where contractors are used, and some of the people they use are um, 
perhaps less skilled in the particular areas. That, that, that's probably a little unfair on some people, but it felt for us the right way to go. And we, we knew that uh, from recommendation, the work that these people would do would be, uh, would be good quality for us. Great. Good. Uh, some good valid points there. So thank you very much. Okay. Um, and what was the experience in getting any planning permission? Uh, did you have a fast turnaround or was it quite slow? Can you tell us a little bit about that? The, well, a couple of things. Firstly, in our plot is on a, a corner. And um, although the planning rules, if it wasn't on a corner, would have allowed us to build permitted development, the small extent, well, the kitchen extension we have, mm. um, we did need planning because of the, the, the particular location uh, being on a corner. So that's just one of those quirks. Uh, so we didn't have any great concern that it, it wouldn't go through. But we took time to talk to all the neighbours, show them the plans, invite them in, first of all, just to, just to make sure we hadn't misunderstood what the impact would be on any neighbours. And and that was very useful because they all said, no, it's great. It'll make it look better. <laughs> it didn't overlook anybody. There's no contention about windows. And sometimes people would have, you know, with a window pointing the wrong way. For us, it was all very plain and simple on, on that front. But nevertheless, I think the neighbours appreciated it. And when, of course, it came to planning, we knew that they wouldn't be raising objections. So that felt good. The advice we had was it would take six to eight weeks. Um, and I think there was... One small question that came back regarding the finish and, and whether we're going to render it or not. And if we did, you know, we'd have to pick a certain color, white or cream, I think. Um, in the end, it's actually a brick finish so that didn't impact us, but it, it was worth the planners clarifying that, I'm sure. Um, but apart from that, um, it, it went through in the six to eight weeks uh, as expected. And, you know, re really it was when it came through, it was all rather uneventful. We just got the notice and said, yeah, it's done. Off you go. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that was that. So, you know, it, it's a bit frustrating waiting for it. It does take a, a bit of time, but, um, you know, there really wasn't any concern uh, and we, we didn't expect there to be. So that was fine. What's the dimensions for the extension of the kitchen? Just for the benefit of our listeners. So it's eight by three metres. So majority of that is uh, the kitchen, but we also added a utility room at the front of that uh, extension. Okay, fantastic. Good. Okay, um, let's talk about the build itself. Was there any hiccups along the way? And what did you do to overcome them? So I think we were relatively lucky, actually. Um, so I think we had a build of about three months and uh, we came in in those three months the really the, the main well it wasn't really an issue there were no hiccups as such we were very lucky with the weather uh, the only thing we had to do was to dig a lot deeper so i think we could actually build a 10-story house on the foundation to this house it's down about six feet and that's only because we've got loads of uh, manholes around here right. so uh, they just be extra short but no we didn't really have any hiccups it was uh i mean the small things some you know some days the weather was bad but overall being uh, near manchester in the uk that uh we were we were very lucky actually fantastic graham would you like to add to that yeah i think it was um it's relatively straightforward it's if i can describe it um you know it's it's a single story extension with a sloping roof on the side, as Victoria says, split into two. One's the kitchen extension, and that now flows into a big open plan area downstairs, kitchen, diner, lounge, with a fireplace separating lounge and, and dining room, as we've mentioned. Yeah. And the utility room as part of that at the front, because previously the washing machine, et cetera, was in the garage. So it was just nice to 
to have that. In terms of the build, we had a couple of uh, of, of guys that were recommended um, who did all the work themselves. We used our existing plumber and electrician to do those bits of work. So what we said to the builder is, although they were able to do that and bring in their own team, we said, well, we've got these guys that we trust and they've already been working on the house and they've made preparations by putting pipes and cables in the right place during the previous parts of the renovation. So we'll just continue with those uh, those guys to do those bits of work. Um, so that's, that worked well. But in terms of any any issues or concerns, we added a little bit of extra work and we agreed on the price for that to replace a, um, a lintel over an existing uh, opening, which mm-hmm. looked a bit dodgy and they, they recommended replacing it. So we replaced the old concrete lintel with steel. Um, but apart from that, and that was just a little addition, everything did go very well. I would say the only bit where you kind of, let's say, not holding your breath, but just... Just uh, hoping you don't find anything you don't want to find is when digging the foundation because, of course, you can't see into the ground. No. And, and as Victoria said, they had to dig around a bit. Um, and because there was a main drain somewhere near, had to dig it extra deep and put a concrete wall in there. So those bits, although they didn't cost us any any extra, um, did take perhaps a little more time. And, and you, you were you were hoping everything would work out okay, which it did for us. But I can understand sometimes people dig down and find stuff they don't want to find, drain pipes, electric wires, all sorts of stuff. Um, and that's that's a concern. Once you're up out of the ground, um, I think it's it, for us it was very straightforward. Hmm. Okay, good. Um, guys, I had, my next question was related to interior design, but you've already explained you pretty much designed the interior yourself. Um, what was it like choosing products, purchases, finding them online, did you have anything that you you ordered and you thought, no, it definitely doesn't look like it does online and I'm returning it? Was there anything like that? Could you tell us a bit? Just trying to think what we have bought online. No, I think it, the only thing about the interior side, if you talk about more like the finishing touches, would be changed my mind about barstools so many times. I think it's, I was trying to get the finishing touches too soon before everything was ready. And I think that's, you just have to take time. It will take time when you're doing a full renovation yeah. and it's very easy to, to start buying those finishing touches. So I, I probably have, and I do admit it, bought quite a few things. They've gone straight back to the shops or be in return because it just doesn't work. Mm. Um, and um, I'm a bit, we still got, we need to finish off with wallpaper or the rooms were wallpapered and I don't like the wallpaper anymore. So we try to do too much too soon in the beginning. So that's, um, it's a learning for me for sure. Okay. And then Graham, I don't know if you think of anything else that we've done. No, I, I, I would say in terms of interior design, the actual you know, finish and, and lamps, tables, chairs or whatever, obviously we had some stuff already, you know, so hoping that fits in and, uh, but we'd, we'd moved from quite a smaller house, so um, that didn't fill up much space. So we did have quite a few, few other sure. bits and pieces to buy. But, uh, you know, things um, things like um, beds, tables, etc. although we may have ordered online, we, we generally went to a shop to have a look first if they were available um, to to get a look at those things. We probably spent three or four months picking the sofa for the downstairs area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to a lot of shops. Um, in the end, we managed to to use a local shop to get the design we wanted, but it, it just it just took forever for us to 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 really understand what kind of design we wanted, what what would best fit in the space. 
okay. what colour we wanted, etc., etc. So that was, the sofa is quite an imposing piece of furniture. So that was also very tricky. It wasn't. It's what the purchasers were happy with, but it did take a long time to uh, to to come to the conclusion. The the other thing I would add in terms of the overall design i.e. the fact we've got this open plan downstairs bit and the ensuite that we've added one upstairs and changed the other ensuite, et cetera, and changed the bathroom completely, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, there's, fortunately for us, some, somewhere down the road, there's, there's one of these um, uh, new estates being built um, by, uh, by these, um, uh, the, these builders, which has a, quite a lot of houses, some of which are quite high-end. In, in fact, um, you know, a million pounds plus, some of them. So you know, quite sure. expensive new houses. And they have open days or open time. And we, we probably went there about 10 times. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Because it's an open, you know, you, you, you're welcome to go in and view the house. You don't have to book or anything. You just wander in through the marketing suite. And they had sort of eight or 10 different show homes at different price points. And we, we not necessarily for the interior design, but the overall design of how does the house flow, how does the open plan look, how big is the ensuite, um, what kind of stuff is in the ensuite, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for all that kind of stuff, uh, it, it was quite helpful seeing what modern design looked like in these, um, in, in these new build houses. Now, funnily enough, you know, we, we, we chose quite differently in terms of the fixtures, fittings, and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the open space we had, it really helped us understand that that was a space that we could live in um, and the kind of size of the space you know, without, without, um, you know, uh, without being able to see it otherwise. So I would recommend if, if people are living near a new build estate, et cetera, and uh, yes, certainly if there's premium houses there, it is worth a quick peek because um, it does give you a nice idea of, of how people are, are building houses for modern living today. That's a very, that's a very, very good idea. I've never heard of that, but that's that's a good uh, good tip there. So thank you. Okay, um, these uh, I'm I'm looking at now these wraparound shelves that were on the wall, um, and they look great. Actually, it's a very good design. I think uh, Victoria, we spoke about this before when when we were on an earlier call. Um, what's you might not want to tell me who done it or anything like that, but what was the process? What made you want something like that? Where did you see it? Well, I actually saw it on a Facebook group that I'm part of, and I just thought, I love these shelves. And I've had them on my phone for probably about six, seven months, but didn't really know where to put them. But it was always there. They're always coming back to that picture, where can I have the shelves? Mm. And um, and then, of course, um, we got the hallway sorted. So we, we replaced the staircase as well, so it's a new glass and oak banister. And then I thought, that's a very good wall in, in the corner of the um, – or around the corner in the hallway. I thought that'd be perfect there. So we obviously didn't have the measurements because it was just a picture of uh, Pinterest. But um, we got our joiner that uh, we've been working with loads, um, obviously, throughout the build. And I um, I sketched it out, um, what I thought the measurements were, and um, asked Dave, who said he would never do these shelves again because he didn't like doing them. <laughs> he, is, he will do them now, but I think... It, 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 it was a bit traumatic because the walls obviously never straight. Yeah. yeah so he uh, did those for us. It probably took him um, a total of a day. Obviously, you have to uh, build them and glue them together. Sure. And, but they, they are they're definitely a bit of um, a statement. It's relatively inexpensive, but um, well, it depends if you want oak, which we did. But it's it's beautiful. I, I just love those shelves, and I had to have them 
I think personally, they only actually work with oak, to be honest. I can't really imagine them in any other material, but they look really, really nice. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it works, obviously, with the... Um, we've got oak doors as well, and then yeah. we've got uh, the oak uh, staircase. Or, well, just the handrail is um, oak, but, yeah, no, it, it does look really nice. Good. Okay. What's your biggest takeaway from this experience that you've done? I'll I'll start with that. It, for me, I, it's obvious that um, you know it's going to cost more than you think. Probably, I think most people would say that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, um, the the other the other thing for me is um, I think we were unrealistic about how long things would take and just how much effort is required for the scale of change we made and bear in mind absolutely everything was changed in this house mm. from skirting boards and architraves and you know just every single surface and you know some of the windows and the extension etc etc um so you know, the, the the number of days um that uh, yeah and, and and by the way, we did the central heating as well um, and, and hot water tanks and all sorts of stuff. So it's a very full renovation. But the number of days, I think you know, there was a period between August, um, so mid-August, let's say, and, and Christmas um, last year, just, just gone. There was a period where I calculated there were three working days. Well, I noticed there's three working days in that whole period where there wasn't somebody uh, you know, be it electrician, carpenter, builder, whatever. There wasn't somebody in the house doing something, and that you know, that period of months with with somebody coming each day, you know, letting them in, telling them what to do, having to make decisions, you know, having to um, you know, having to plan for the next move, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That was a very tiring time, and I think at that point we started getting a bit sick of it, to be honest. And that is you know, it, the whole duration of it, and the actual amount of time and effort it required to get what we wanted was uh, i probably thought would take nine months it's taken 18 months let's put it that way to get to get to where we want having said that could have done it quicker you could have absolutely blitzed it um, not lived in the property we didn't live in it for six months or so actually but you could have not lived in it for longer and you could have had a contractor and, and people going all over the place the problem we had with that is although we designed it and we felt comfortable we were also making adjustments along the way. And once we'd done one bit, we liked to see how the next bit looked and the next bit. So it actually worked for us to spread it out a little bit. Um, so pluses and minuses to that, but it, it was more expensive and took longer than um, than we thought. <laughs> I was obviously going to say that. Okay. All right. Victoria? Yeah. yeah, but the other thing to mention as well is what we probably haven't said is we both work full-time. So this has been done in our spare time. So uh, every weekend, every evening. So when we lived at uh, our old place, we were here pretty much every night. And uh, we do have children as well. So it's it's been a bit of a um, roller coaster, really. It's been it's been hard. And uh, I think what uh, Graham probably wouldn't point out here, but I thought it's a it's a bit of a fun fact is that um, when the, the actual extension started he, he went away to Australia with work for six weeks and left me with that so um, you can uh, imagine the <laughs> distress I was <laughs> at this time uh, trying to work as well so I think I just when you take on something like this, just trying to stay calm, really. Things will not go smoothly all the time. It's just to step back and look at you know, how can we fix it so I mean, we probably have there's probably loads of things that 
not gone wrong, but not gone as we planned. But just step back, sure. have a think about it and replan. And I think overall it's, it's gone really well. Yeah, I've got, I've got an example actually. And this just, just to bring that to life a bit, um, this is a renovation, obviously. It's not a new build. So that means that things are where they are. So, for example, we wanted to change and we did change the, the bathroom around so that when you opened the door, you weren't immediately faced with the toilet. It was on the side. You'd see the bath on the left and you'd see the sink on the right as opposed to behind the door, etc. So we had a design. It worked well for us. But when we came to place the toilet, we realized there was a large wooden beam uh, in the in the way of where the toilet pipe should go to join and where, where the original drain and, and toilet pipe goes. Um, and that meant with the type of toilet we'd bought, which is one of these back-to-wall toilets, yeah. that, that that simply wouldn't work. So we, we, we sat there looking at the toilet with the plumber. So the pipe's got to come out on the left. It can't go behind because this piece of wood's in the way. Mm. Um, and it, it's one of those workarounds. In the end, the, the plumber, who's an experienced guy, said, uh, you know, it's a bit of a risk, but I'm going to cut the side off the toilet to, to make a space for the pipe so you can still have one side of the toilet where you're not showing the pipe work when you walk in, which is what you want. Yeah. Side in the corner where you can't see, we'll just box in the pipe and it won't be seen. And that's work, but there's just lots of little workarounds like that where you kind of, you take your heart and your hands for a minute and go, okay, well, let's give this a go. Worst case, we break the toilet and we have to buy one we don't prefer. And, you know, it's, it's a little sort of notch down on the design we wanted. In that case, it worked, but there's a hundred little things like that that you have to work around because it is an older property, well, it's 70s, but, you know, the things are as they are. <clears throat> and you need to, you know, you need to work around uh, existing soil pipes, existing this or existing that, or do a fairly big major change just for the sake of, of moving something slightly, which we chose not to do. So lots of bits and pieces like that, which, you know, it's nice when you solve them, but at the time you're scratching your head for a bit and go, <laughs> yeah. you know, providing you with a challenge. Guys, I mean, there is like thousands of decisions to make, especially on a property, you know, renovation of this size. And I think um, whilst it's all exciting at the beginning, it's really, you don't really understand um, or not many people understand the amount of decisions that you do need to make, all the hidden decisions as well, like you've just been speaking about. So it's good that you've actually mentioned that. I think that would really help a lot of um, homeowners that are going to be doing a renovation as well. So thank you very much for that. Um, that's it. That's that's where we come to an end. So um, guys, Graham, Victoria, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I think uh, your house is beautiful. You've done so much work to it. And um, if that's okay with you, I'm just going to share the details. Or actually, I'm going to ask you if you could share the details of where people can get to you on Instagram. Yeah, sure. So it's um, at uh, inside underscore no underscore eight. So inside number eight. Great. Good. Thank okay. you. Okay. And thank you very much, James. It's um, been lovely speaking to you. And uh, hopefully we can help someone who starts their journey as well. No problem. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll be helping quite a few people. Thank you very much, Graham, as well. Yeah, thanks, James. And just to mention on the on Victoria's Instagram, um, there, there is a facility where you can ask questions and stuff. So if there's a specific question, and now I'm saying it, but she'll have to answer it. But um, you know, you, you can ask a couple of questions on there, and, and obviously Victoria can get back to you through that uh, through that channel. Brilliant. Okay, guys, thank you very much for coming on and um, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too. Thank you. Thanks, James. No, no problem. If you're planning a renovation or you're moving into your first new home, 
Then the Akiva Toolkit could be the solution you need. With its easy-to-use package of 10 documents, you are able to manage time, budget, and the communication between your builders and you to ensure the project is complete to satisfaction first time round. The Akiva Toolkit saves you money and time. It's for the first-time renovator and the renovator that wants to do things better the second time round. It's a fraction of the cost compared to paying for mistakes or repeating work that's already done. Go to akivatoolkit.com and get your project off to a perfect start today.